Welcome to a God Shift podcast, where we move you from disruption and delay into a greater destiny, expectancy, and possibility. I'm your host, Shana Rattler, and I'm a minister, author, and sought-after speaker. Join myself and other leaders who unapologetically share their story of when their life collided with God's purpose and put them on the path that was designed for them. You will learn how to bounce back from setbacks, disappointments, and uncertainty, and unlock the door to confidence move into your next chapter. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of A God Shift. I'm your host, Shana Rattler, and I am so thrilled that you are here. If this is your first time or a returning time, you are welcome, welcome, welcome. But before we get started, I would love if you would do me a favor. So wherever it is that you are listening to this podcast, I want you to take a screenshot. And with that screenshot, if you would do me a favor and post it on your social media, Tag us here at a God shift. And then I just want to hear your biggest aha moment or your biggest takeaway from this episode, because when we do that, we can really ensure that whatever it is that people are going through, that they can learn that there is hope on the other side of that. And after all, that is the mission of all the things that we do here at a God shift. Well, I'm excited. I say that every time, and I am equally excited for every single guest that I have, and they all surprise me, and the conversations always go fabulous, and I'm even just as excited today to introduce my guest to you. So I'm going to read her bio, and then we're going to get started with the conversation. So my guest today is a Christian speaker, an award-winning author, and a former Black sheep turned Jesus girl. With humor and vulnerability, this Canadian mom of eight is on a mission to encourage other women with messy stories that they are not alone. She has lived through multiple divorces, married her husband twice, and raised a whole brood of boys, which only goes to prove God is full of grace and mercy. She is on a mission to help other women with messy stories to shed their shame by teaching them who they are in Christ so they can embrace the power of God in their imperfect lives. Her redeemed life screams of the prodigal daughter, unmistakably chosen. And it's and it's this hope, this story of redemption and God's indisputable faith, faithfulness that she brings to encourage women everywhere. I want to welcome to the show, Tess Scott. Oh, thanks, Shana. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited. I am, I am too. So we do a lot of the same things. We're Christian speakers. We're writers. Yeah. We do all the things to get God's word out. We do all the things to share with people what it is that God has brought us through so that they can figure this thing called life out. And, you know, that's the, my whole premise of a God shift. My definition test of a God shift is the moment a disruption in your life collides with God's purpose, but then that moves us into new dimensions of possibility. Because I believe that God uses disruption. He uses unexpected circumstances to get our attention. And then once he has our attention, he can actually invite us into what it is that he really has planned for us. So I read a little bit in your bio that you've been through some disruption. So I would love to hear how you've been able to overcome some of that to get to where you are today. Yeah, that is that's an understatement. We're we all have that in our life, correct? Right? And and I love what you said um, because the disruption is not a surprise to God. The correct. disruption is a is a surprise to me because I I 
think and like and want my life to just go along all tickety-boo the way I have it all planned out. And that's what I like with all my little ducks. They're all cute and fuzzy all in a row. And when that doesn't happen, I'm not that impressed about it, right? But God, he's he's never surprised. He's like, yeah. oh yeah, I knew this was going to happen and I'm going to pull you through it. And he and does. I think he also knows, I know exactly what I'm going to have to use in this season of their lives that's going to be effective in getting their attention. Because if you're like me and most other people that I talk to, there's certain things, if he would have used that, I would have ignored it. If he would have used that, I would have ignored it. He had to use precisely what he was strategic and intentional about using or else he knew he wouldn't be able to get my attention. And then the whole thing would have just been off. (laughs) That's right. And there's so many distractions in our lives. So many distractions, you know, from huge, big things to the little thing that's in our hand all day long, every day we're distracted and we have to really make it a point that we're going to be in communication with God all day. Yeah. So I would, there's a couple things that I want to tell you about. One was, um, like I said in my bio, cause that kind of covers everything, I guess, but most things, but, um, my husband, who was my third husband, third, like I'm not even a celebrity and I've been married so many times, but so my third <laughs> husband, and we have eight kids together because we have this blended family of, you know, he had four. Um, no, that's not true. He had two. I had four. Uh, we had a special needs adopted son. And then we, ha- I got pregnant and we had one more. And again, not one of my ducks that were in a row, but God, um, so we have this big house full of all these boys and um, seemingly out of nowhere to me, he, he left. So, mm. you know, and things in marriage are hard all the time, to- like all the time there's, there's seasons of hard. So when things aren't perfect, you don't necessarily think that's what's going to happen. So I'm not saying everything was rosy all the time. I'm just saying, you, you know, didn't expect I was- it to end in your mind. It wasn't major enough to end. That's it. And I was praying it wouldn't, you know, and I was begging God. Like I can tell you, I spent a long time with my face in the green carpet of my bedroom, just begging God that, that Rick would not leave, that he would not leave. I didn't want to be divorced again. I didn't want my kids to go through that. I didn't like, and there still feels like there's some shame in it and the whole thing, but yet God allowed it. He allowed Mm. it and he left. So I'm on my own with these boys. And mostly they're teenagers, one's out of the house and, you know, it's a mixed bag, but um, he did, he did leave. And after a year, I went to him and said, you know, I really want to get back together, like to work on our marriage and go for counseling, whatever, like, what can we do? And he said, I'm good. I'm not interested. So again, I was very sad. And um, so we got divorced at that, at that point. And we were divorced for over three years. And then he came back into my life. He came to you this time. Yes. And we started dating. Like and you didn't say I'm good. No. <laughs> I had to say that just to prove a point, even if I didn't mean it. <laughs> I was praying. I every... I'm just kidding, but hey. <laughs> I know. I know. I was praying every day, most days that, that he would come back, you know, that, that God would change his heart in whatever way right? In whatever way. And it doesn't always work that way. It's not always best, but God did do that miracle. And he, and we dated and then we got remarried. I'm curious, Tess, before you go forward with your story, 
Was the reason why you were willing to to persevere and to continue to pray and ask God, and I don't know if you were continuing to ask him as well during this three-year period, was it because you just felt in your heart that you knew it was right? Or was it a promise that God had given you? Because sometimes God will tell us like, hey, this is something that I'm going to do for you. And then that is what helps carry you through. What was it in your mind, especially because this wasn't your first husband? Was it just because you didn't want to let go of marriage in general? Did it have something to do specific with him? What made you continue that prayer for such a long time? I Well, part of it was I didn't want my children to have to have a broken family. So part of it was that, but I did believe that God spoke to me. Um, Rick left the end of July. So in October, and I remember right where I was, I was in my car. I was beside the baseball diamond. Like I can tell you exactly when it happened that God said, you know, I am going to um, put your marriage back together. And yeah, Yeah. and that was right about the time that he was like, just had left um, a couple months earlier. And and yet it didn't happen. And I was so confused because I kept feeling like, I know you said this. I yeah. know it was you who said this. So I was holding on to that. But, you know, I did start dating again once we were divorced. And I wasn't unwilling to, you know, to move on. I had people to hang out with and and life was good. Um, but I just like, I still loved him. And I wanted him to, I wanted his relationship with God to be deep too. Mm-hmm. You know? But I can, when I look back, and I mean, what we know to be true is that we don't always understand why any of these things happen in life, right? And the reality is that we don't have to, you know, if we really believe God, if we really trust God, we would like to understand it, but really understanding it is not necessary. Right. Someday we will. Like when we're face to face with Jesus, he's going to tell us everything and we're going to say, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Sometimes even here on earth, it all makes sense at one point, but it's usually not when you're going through it, which is the tough (laughs) part. That's right. So sometimes much later, you can look back and watch the parts of life intricately pieced together by God. So I can say now that because our relationship ended, because like because he left back then, I was the closest, like with my face in the green carpet, like I needed, I knew that I needed God to help me breathe some days. Yeah. Had it been different? I mean, if I can imagine in my mind, you know, what if he would have said to me, you know, I won't leave, but these are the rules. Like, you know, we don't go to church anymore or whatever. I don't know. It wouldn't have happened, but just imagining in my mind, I would not have been as close to God as I was during that time. And I would not ever want to give that up. I mean, I hear me say this. I don't ever want that to happen again to me or anyone else. But when God is all you have, I mean, there was nothing between me and Jesus. That was like, I was just hanging on by my fingernails. Yeah. It was an intense time and I'm thankful for it. And I'm thankful for it. And it's happened at other times in my life, but that is probably the biggest time that it was, I was just hanging on for dear life. What would you say you learned during all this? Mm. I learned that that's all I need. Mm. I learned that Jesus is it. That's there's, there's nothing else I need. I can live because I would have said, I can't live without you to my husband. Correct. 
And I'm an extrovert. Like this is, this is right now a a difficult season. Well, not difficult. Mm, What's a word for it? Challenging. Let's use that. A challenging season of my life because I work from home now and I'm by myself in my house all day long and I'm an extrovert. Yeah. what? This is this is not what I want sometimes. But I know I can do it. You know, I know that I only need God. Yeah. That's all I need. That's what I learned. I can do it without a man. My whole life I've never been until that moment on my own without wow. a guy, right? Like I just went from relationship to relationship from to relationship because of lots of, you know, baggage and stuff in my past. But I had I learned that all I need was Jesus. That's it. Yeah. That's all I, I, I love hearing you say that, Tess, because let's just have a girl moment for a minute. Guys, you can pause or listen or whatever. I don't care. But as a girl, hmm. we want a man in our lives, right? And so the carnal part of me wants to say, yes, I recognize how important it is to have God in my life, but it doesn't replace my earthly desires to have a man in my life. Mm -hmm. So what was it about you? Because you're a girl, right? What was it about you or your past experiences? Or maybe it was because you'd done it three times before. You're like, well, if I know now that I'll get on a meet and maybe it's easier for you to say than it is me because I haven't been married. But I'm just curious, just in the natural How was it so easy for you to do that? Because we have a desire to be in community and companionship, especially with the other sex. Yeah, it wasn't easy. (laughs) Just like that's the truth. It it wasn't easy. But you were still able to come to that realization, like land solidly on that realization, though. Yeah, because look, I lived through it. I, I lived through it. There was hard days. There was there was. There was tough times, right? But I lived through it. Yeah. And that's and that's what we learn through the hard times, through whatever it is that you think you can't live through. At the end of it, I lived through it. Yeah. And I and yeah. I am convinced, Tess, that going back to the notion of, you know, God uses disruption to get our attention. He intends for it to be a tool to move us forward. But oftentimes when disruption happens, many of us get stuck. I would say the majority of people get stuck in the disruption and it never becomes the tool to move their life forward that God intends. What do you feel are some of the common barriers that keeps people from going, okay, let me learn from this, heal from this, use it as a tool, move forward instead of it being something that just pulls them down and keeps them stuck? You know what I find? I think that we have unex un we have I think that we have expectations that are not realistic. Wow. <laughs> I think that it's about expectations. It's about comparison and part of my mission is to encourage women that they're not alone. That you know what? Your life your freak show, we're all in a freak show. Okay. This is my premise. We are all living in a freak show of life and mine does not look like yours. You don't have eight kids, right? Yeah. You're not, my, yours does not look like mine, but <laughs> none of us are living a perfect life. Yeah. And I think 
especially for this generation, I think that social media is not our friend because it's not real. So sister, if you are looking on Instagram and you are seeing that beautiful house with the pumpkin on the porch and the wreath on the door, and you think that girl has it all together, she has a great life. If you showed up at her house unexpectedly, there's laundry on her couch, just like at your house. Yeah. So we have to have this realistic expectation that everything's not going to be perfect. That's life. Yeah. There's going to be bumps in the road. So when there is, how are we going to handle that? And so that's what I want to do is to um, let women know that they're not alone. They're not alone. We're all in that freak show. And I have had things like tons of things unexpectedly that happen right from, you know, everyday things to, um, well, when, when Rick came back and we dated for nine months, we got, we got married on September the 9th of 2016. And on September 30th, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. My goodness. That was not expected. (laughs) That was not welcome. I was not happy. I was actually pretty mad at God for a little while about that because I thought, are you kidding me here? Like, this is the worst timing ever. I just got married. I get to have, you know, sex. Again. I just got my husband back. <laughs> I just got my husband back. I get to do things, you know, and now I'm going to be missing parts of my body. So the fr- I thought this is this year is going to be our honeymoon year. It's going to be the best year ever. And instead it was mastectomy, chemo, radiation, trips to the cancer clinic, um, losing all my hair, um, yeah. you know, not the fun, not the fun year. But now, years later, I can look back and I can say, you know what? That was the best timing for that. Yeah. That had to happen, which it did. God said that had to happen. The best timing for that because, and here's why, it gave my husband the opportunity to show me that he was here. I had no choice but to be vulnerable. Yeah. I had no choice but to let him take care of me, right? He got to show the kids, dad's here, dad's in for this. And I remember one particularly really low day and I was crying. I was having a little pity party, you know, I don't know if you ever have a pity party, but I had a pity party. And, um, and I remember saying to him, like, you didn't know when you came back that I was going to lose all my hair and I don't make a really pretty bald girl. And you didn't know that I was going to not have boobs and, you know, all this stuff. And, and he said, this is what I knew. I knew that we were going to be married for the rest of our lives. I knew that we're getting older. We're in our fifties. And at some point, one of us is probably going to have to take care of the other one. And that's what I'm here for. And Shana, that was a gift. That was a gift to me. That was the assurance because you can ask somebody, so what are you going to do when we get older? And they're going to give you the answer you want. They're going to give you the answer you want to hear. Yeah. But that was, I felt like that was a gift. It shows me that what happened, it didn't happen to you. It happened for you. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is such a big lesson that everyone listening can take away is that whatever it is that you're experiencing right now, even when it doesn't feel like it. I can guarantee you that it's happening for you, not to you. And oftentimes it's happening for other people as well, because many times when we go through something, it's because one of the things that God really needs from us next is to help other people who are going through 
you know, the exact same thing. And so speaking of helping, I want to take a quick break. But when we come back, I want us to share some advice of how the listeners can begin to put all of these things back together in their life. We'll be right back. episode is brought to you by the free guide when god says shift inside you'll discover the four shifts required to reveal god's plan to ditch disruption or delay and get his blessings faster head to godsaysshift.com to access it now All right. So we've been talking about this thing called disruption and we don't like it, but even though it feels like it's meant to destroy us, if we do the right things, it's really designed to develop us. So Tess, if someone is listening to this episode and they're saying to themselves, whatever it is that I'm going through right now, I don't want to be stuck. I want to find myself in a position where I can use it as a tool to move forward, what would be the best advice or the best tip that you would give them of how they can do that? Mm. My best advice for women, especially like mostly I talk to women, but it's the same advice, women and men is to be careful what you're filling your head with, fill your head with truth. That's, that's like the bare bones foundation of what we're thinking. So filling your head with truth. And the only thing I know to be true is God's word. Yeah. So be in the word all the time. And then you can recognize what's true and throw out the lies. So that's that's the bare, the bare bones. If do we have time for one short little story Please. that I want to say? Um, so I felt really strongly a couple of years ago that when me three years ago, that God wanted me to share my story and my stories, like so many funny stories from raising eight kids. Like I can tell you, it's just craziness. I bet. It's crazy. And all boys at that. Yikes. It's a freak show. It's a freak show. But I knew God wanted me to share my story somehow, you know, like there's so many things, but I didn't know what that meant. And I didn't have the confidence to do it because like I say, I was a black sheep turned Jesus girl. Like who am I to do it? I don't have, you know, who would listen to me? All those lies that the enemy puts in your head, right? Nobody's going to listen to you. How dare you think you could do anything? All those things. Um, so, and I'm sure we all had those kinds of things. So anyway, I was still working. I was working at a college and I was getting ready for work one morning, putting on my makeup, you know, this doesn't just happen. And, um, I'm standing in front of the mirror and I noticed that my smile is like crooked. And I thought, Ooh, that looks weird, weird, like worse than normal kind of thing. But I still, you know, I went to work because the whole place couldn't run without me. I thought, and I went to work and I'm letting people in, unlocking the doors. And I keep looking at my phone, like yeah, at my like reflection sort of, and I can see like my smile still crooked, my smile still crooked. And then my boss came in and he said, what's wrong with your face? Which by the way, no woman wants to hear that. So sent me to emerge and um, which is, you know, I don't know what you call it in, in the United States, but emergency at the hospital. And they started running tests because they thought I was having a stroke. So by the time they called my husband, my, um, my speaking was all blurred. Like all my words were all blurry and you couldn't understand me. I couldn't, it was all garbled. And my, my sight was blurry and, um, and I was scared, you know, and I thought, man, Like, God, I thought you wanted me to speak to women, to write, and I can't see, and I can't speak, and I don't understand how any of this is happening. And they kept me in for three days, which is a very long time in the hospital here. And 
it, they said it was a TIA. So just a little mini stroke, there was no permanent damage. And when I came home, I said to Rick, I'm so thankful it was nothing serious. It was just a false alarm. Yeah. And you know, that man, he, he looked at me, I can still see him with his arms crossed. And he said, was it Tess? Was it a false alarm? Or was God saying to you, you only have so much time on this earth, your days are numbered, all of them are, and you need to get to doing what he asked you to do. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I hate it when he's right, by the way, my husband. So I, um, I went back to work and I, yeah, quit my job two weeks later and started doing this ministry full time. Good for you. You know, the enemy um, does everything he can to silence our voices. Yes. You know, he, yeah. God calls you to speak and then he tries to make it so that you can't speak, but kudos for you for being like, listen, because if you're like me, I used to say like, I, I would when I would have like a real message that I knew people needed to hear, I would like get laryngitis and I would come back online. And I said, the devil clearly doesn't know me because I don't care if I have to get on here with cue cards, as long as there is breath in my body, yes. I will always declare what it is that the Lord is telling me to say. He yes. should know that by now. He should pick somebody else. But anyway, Tess, we've got to begin to wrap this up. So where can they follow you on social media? So my website is tessscott.com with three S's in the middle. I'm on Facebook and Instagram as Listen Sister Encouragement. And uh, also on LinkedIn as Tess Scott. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I am going to make sure that those are in the show notes. And what would you like to offer if somebody would like to take things further with you? Yeah, there is a PDF uh, called the 10 signs that your life is a freak show. So it's just a funny little, um, you know, if you're wondering, is my life also a freak show? Because I feel like I really relate to that woman. Check it out. Check it out. Perfect. Again, the link to the sh to all of those resources will be in the show notes. Tess, thank you so much for being here because you're right. We're all living some version of a freak show. And I know that what you shared during this episode, especially the part about the truth, every time you have something come into your mind that you feel like is negative, find something in the word that is the opposite of that, that you can replace that thought, that you can replace that statement with. It is such a powerful tool. So thank you for that, everyone. Thank you for being here today. Please, please, please share this episode. And I pray that you will go back and listen to previous episodes and future episodes as well. Everyone have a great day. Bye-bye. I want to thank you for listening to the God Shift Podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. And remember to put God first and everything will fall into place.